Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Living out of your spirit, you cannot be successful as a believer if you don't learn to live out of your spirit. Uh, That's so important because I'm not a body, I'm not a mind, I'm a spirit. All right? And if I learn to live out of that spirit side of me, um, I'll be successful. Now, notice Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, he said, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely or every part of you. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice the order that the Holy Spirit gives us here, your whole spirit and soul and body. So we are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Say that out loud with me. We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. All right, I want to constantly remind myself of that. I am a spirit, all right? And, and I made mention of that. That's, you'll hear people talk about all the time how I'm so tired and I'm so wore out and I'm so this. Well, what they're doing is they're identifying themselves as the natural physical part. But you're a spirit. Spirits don't get tired. Spirits do not get worn out. You understand? And, and what I'm saying is your body needs to rest, obviously, because your body is connected to this earth. It's connected to this world system, all right? Uh, that, that's, that's, that's the part of you that one day is going to cease to be animated. All right, your mind and your spirit will never die. But your body will. If the Lord Jesus doesn't come, there's one thing that's certain, folks. Uh, every one of us are going to go by the way of the grave if we don't live to see the rapture. But here's the point. So you might say, my body needs to rest. But you are putting yourself in the position of, of in charge of the body. My body needs to rest. Right? I, my body needs to take a break. Now people say, why is that so important? Because as long as you only identify with the body or the mind, you're going to be subservient to them. All right, you're going to be limited to what the body wants or what the mind wants. The spirit's unlimited. There's no bottom to your spirit. You, you can't plumb the depths of the spirit. Amen. So we are a spirit. We possess a soul, and we live in a body. Let's go over to Genesis chapter 1. We, we have to see where we came from so that we can adequately understand what happened to us when we were born again. And, and this is one of those subjects from, from the, the Word that you're not going to 
get done with it in a couple services or three or four services. But we have to see where we came from. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image. God said, Elohim, plurality. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So mankind was created in the image or the resemblance of God. All right, man resembled God when God created him. Amen. Now, again, understanding this, that's not referring to the natural physical body. We don't see that created until a few verses later. God created man in his image. To resemble God, you would have to be spirit. Because God is spirit. Now, when you read through the word of God, you find out that God has fingers, God has eyes, God has ears, God has a mouth, God has eaten from the scriptures. But here's the point that I want you to see is Jesus said God is a spirit. Is that right? And so to resemble God, you would have to be spirit. Amen. Glory. So he's created in the image or resemblance of God. It said, let us make man, let us fashion man, all right, in our likeness, in our manner, in our similitude, all right? And then it said, God said this, which we made mention is Elohim, plural. Man was created tripartite, spirit, soul, and body, all right? Look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. Now notice, God formed the body of man from the ground. When it says he formed him, it means squeezing into a shape or molding. It's into a form, especially as a potter. So so God formed, if we could say it this way, a clay pot in the ground to contain man. The first man. Amen. So God formed man as a potter, would form a piece of pottery, yet the form had no life. The form had no life. Notice, it says, God, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. In verse 26 and 27 of chapter 1, we see God's intention. We're going to create man. Notice, God said, let us make man in our own image. All right? So he's talking about this is how man's going to, what man's going to resemble. He's going to resemble us. And then it says he formed him of the dust of the ground, and that at that point he breathed into him the breath of life. The breath of life. And man became a living soul. So God breathed into the man, and man became a living soul. The word soul, it means a breathing creature. All right? 
It also means the seat of the appetites, the activity of mind and will and character. So at that, at that point, man became alive. That body became animated when the Spirit of God was breathed into it. Oh, hallelujah. See, before you were born again, as much as you, lit, as much as you walked around and talked and did what you did, you were as dead as you could be. You were just a clay pot with no life. See, because what the world and what even religion calls living is breathing. But there are a lot of people that you know and I know that are breathing and they're dead. Because they're not living out of their spirit. Because their spirit has never been brought alive by the power of God. Amen. Do you understand that? And, 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 and what's worse than that is when you have believers that have the ability to live out of their spirit and they're living out of their mind. They're living out of their emotions. They're living out of their feelings. When God, when God put his spirit in us, and when I say his spirit, the Holy Spirit's there, but the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. Because your spirit is the only part of you that's conducive to the Spirit of God. Because God can't live where there's death. And so God has to live in an environment that's alive. Your spirit, according to Scripture, is alive unto God. And so when, when, God sent the, when God caused you to be born again, when you repented of your sins and you accepted Christ into your life, you were made spiritually alive and then you became the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body, your physical body, is not so much the temple of the Holy Ghost as your spirit is. And that's where the life of God flows. And that's why you have, now I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we need to. That's why you can have what you say. That's why you can create with your words is because you were created. When, when the Bible says here, man became a living soul, in the, in the Hebrew shumash, it says man became another speaking spirit. Well, another one. There, was, there already was one. His name was God. And man became another one, another speaking spirit. So man came alive physically when he became alive spiritually. There was no physical life until there was spiritual life. Oh, hallelujah. And, and, that's, and that's why the Bible says before you were born again, you were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. But the scripture says when you, when, when, when you were born again, that you were quickened to life. And it says that life that you were quickened with in your spirit will eventually quicken your mortal body. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, that's good. Glory. God breathed the spirit into man. And man became alive. Man became alive. Now, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We need to look at some of this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 6. Now notice, the, the, the Solomon is writing here and he's talking about death. And verse 6, it says, Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, 
or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Now, there are different schools of thought here, but most people believe that refers to the spinal column, the, the mind, the heart, all right? R- whether you believe that or not, it's irrelevant, but here's what I want you to see. Then shall the dust, the dust is the body, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. Now watch. And the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. The Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So the silver cord refers to the Spirit of man or the departure of the Spirit that results in physical death. When the Spirit leaves, the body dies. Amen. See, sometimes even in the church, we kind of get this idea that, you know, that person kind of died and, you know, when they fell over, their spirit left. Well, their spirit was long gone when they fell over. All right? This is so important because we got to understand that it's God who gave the spirit. Why did God give the spirit in the first? That was how man was supposed to live. That was where he was supposed to live from. Oh, hallelujah. And and we read this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God gave the Spirit. At death, the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Notice Numbers 16 and 22. I, I want to just establish some things. Numbers 16 and 22. It says, and they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh. So God is the God of the spirits of all flesh. All right? Uh, Numbers 27 and 16. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over his congregation. Oh, hallelujah. So God is the father of spirits. Notice in Hebrews 12. I'm going kind of speedily here because I've got three pages of notes. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh that corrected us, and we gave them reverence or respect. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? The Father of spirits. Now, so Adam's spirit was placed in a body that did not have the curse on it. His spirit was placed in a body that didn't have the curse on it. He had the ability of choice, right? He was a free moral agent, but his body did not have the curse on it. Eve's body did not have the curse on it. Now, again, I can get ahead of myself, but it's okay. So if had they stayed in that state, every child born out of their union would have been born spiritually alive with no curse on their body. Glory to God. See, that's why a lot of people think, you know, that when we die, we go to heaven, and then we just stay in heaven. And, and here's the problem. They talk about when we die. See, they're, sti- they're still connecting themselves to their body. 
how many in here are born again? How would you feel if I told you you're never going to die? You will never die. This body will outlive its usefulness. Amen. You know, you know how sometimes, yeah, have you ever lived in a house and you just went in one day and you said, it's time to move. It's too small, it's too old, it's whatever, right? Or you ever got in your car and thought, it's time for a new one. Amen. Listen, one day you're going to wake up and your spirit's going to go, it's time for a new one. Amen. And what's going to happen? You're just going to get up out of there. Amen. Amen. And and you are going to go into the presence of God. You're going to go into the presence of God. The Bible says your body's going to go back to the dust, but that the spirit is going to go back to God. Glory to God. Now, here's the thing. After the rapture of the church, the, the church is raptured, and we're going to spend our time in, 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 at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But here's something that happens. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Well, listen, they're already there. But their bodies are going to rise. Why? That's what you're going to have throughout all eternity. And you're not going to spend all eternity in heaven. You're coming back with Jesus to rule and reign on the earth. This whole earth is going to be perfected and brought back to the state that God originally intended. And we are all going to live here spiritual beings in a body that has no curse on it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Don't get used to your aches and pains in your body because you're not going to get to have them. <laughs> oh, glory. See, why, why is this so important? Because you, 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 you must not identify with the body. Well, you know, one day I'm going to die. No, I'm not. My body will. Why is that so important? Then you're not body ruled. I'm ruled by my spirit, not by my body. Think, think about this. I've done a lot of work over the years in addiction and recovery. And, and, and think about this. Every time somebody says, I'm an addict. Well, think about this. If they're born again, what is addicted to that substance? Their spirit? No. Their body. Amen. So what if you can change that? I'm an overcomer. I'm delivered. When you start bringing human natural psychology into the spirit realm, you're going to mess up. You, you, can't, you can't counsel your spirit. Your spirit grows or it atrophies. And if you, what, what, what are you supposed to feed your spirit? The first and the best. Is that right? Yes, sir. Th- think about this. Let's take something like the news. But if it, and, and I'm not just talking about the news, but you, you understand it's an easy subject. If that's your steady diet, who's getting the benefit out of that? The body. The, body. the intellect. What's your spirit doing? 
shriveling, atrophying. And that's why people are moved by everything that comes along. Because the body is easily moved. Listen, your body has no discipline. The only discipline your body has is the strength of your spirit. And if your spirit is weak, your body's going to be weak. If your spirit is not in charge, your discipline level is going to be minimal. Oh, hallelujah. Do do you understand that? And, And if you're constantly feeding your spirit the first and the best and the most, then the part of you that's directly connected to God is the strongest part of you. I don't want the part of me that's connected to this earth to be the strongest part of me. Amen. Have you ever watched people before? Situations will show up, and it's just like they just slap them down. Pop. Well, how are they, what are they doing that? They're living out of their spirit. What's the Bible say in, in the book of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14? It says that it's the strong spirit of man that sustains him. Amen. Folks, we need to eat right. We need to eat healthy. We need to exercise. We need to take supplements. We need to do everything we can to help this physical body. We need to quote the scriptures over it. You need your body to live in this earth. You need your body to do what God wants you to do. But you need your spirit to be what you live out of. Amen. Amen. Because no matter how in shape it is, no matter how healthy it is, no matter what you eat, no matter what you don't eat, if your spirit's not strong, your body is subject to the curse. Amen. I've got to keep my spirit strong. Am I helping anybody? Got to keep my spirit strong. Amen. See, Adam's mind did not have to contend with the curse. Adam did not have the knowledge of good and evil. Isn't that right? Adam only knew God in his spirit. Adam had no concept of evil. Adam had no concept of good. He only had a concept of God. Why? Because God said there's one, and we're going to get into it, there's one tree I don't want you to eat of. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Is that what he said? Amen. Hallelujah. See, the church sometimes says, oh, there's coming the day, and there won't be no more devil, and we'll live in victory. There you go. If I'm living out of my spirit, I'm supposed to be living in victory now. Amen. Let's look here. Man's body and soul were to be dominated by his spirit. His soul and body made him fit for his life on the earth and in the material universe that had been created for him. Look look at Psalm chapter 8. I'm going to live out of my spirit. Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8, verse 3. The psalmist says, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, 
the moon and the stars that you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you visitest him? What is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you visitest him, or that you pay attention to him, or you care for him? You've made him a little lower than the angels. Again, the word is Elohim, a little lower than God. And crowned him with glory and honor. Now notice this. You may, you may have read it this way, but if you haven't, read it this way. You, you made him to have dominion. That's why you made him. Do you see that? Now, now, here's a question. You made man in the beginning. Now, it's still uh, true of us today, but you made him in the beginning to have dominion. Was Adam a spirit? Where did that dominion flow from? His spirit. Right? Does any, now, listen. Here, here's, here's a, does, does anybody have more dominion than God? No. Nobody. God's the only one that can give it. Jesus, now, until after the the thousand-year reign, and he turns all power and all authority back to the Father. But here's the point. Here's the point. So God gave Adam that dominion, how? In his spirit. Because he said, you created him a little lower than God. Well, when God created him, he created him a spirit in the God class, a little lower than God. Amen. You'll never be God, but in your spirit, you're just a little lower. See, now religion has a problem with that. Oh, he's saying he's God. No, I'm not. I'm in, but I'm in the God class. Do, do you realize that? That there are only two, and, 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 and let me explain this for the sake of teaching. There, there's only, there are only two entities that exercise that type of dominion. God the Father and man. Well, what about Jesus? Jesus is a man exercising dominion. Isn't that right? Jesus is a man with a spirit alive unto God. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he exercised dominion everywhere he went. How did he do it? Out of his spirit. Amen. Ah, glory. All sheep and oxen, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the depths of the sea. Is there anything left out? How, how do you do that? By your spirit, through your spirit, out of your spirit. Man was an eternal being in God's class with an eternal human body. Man was a little lower than God, God's under ruler. And notice, man was made to have dominion over the works of God's hands, and all things was placed under his feet. So how was he to exercise this dominion? Out of his spirit, through his soul, and through his hands. Out of his spirit, through his soul, and through his hands. Amen. As long as man operated out of his spirit, he operated in dominion and authority. 
Because that's where the life and the power of God reside, is in our spirit. The life of God in his spirit empowered his mind and strengthened his body. See, when your mind and your body are servants, your spirit can get the information to you that you need. Because when someone says, I don't know what to do. I don't have any idea. I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have this. I don't have that. Your spirit is directly connected to God. Remember what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says? It says the natural man has no access to the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. He says they have to be spiritually discerned. Is that right? So when somebody's constantly saying, I don't know, I can't figure out, I don't have any idea, I, I'm this, I'm that, what, what they're bypassing their spirit and trying to live out of their mind. Oh, hallelujah. Is that, is, do you see that? Even though the scripture said, if you don't have wisdom, don't have wisdom where? There's not a deficiency of wisdom in your spirit. There's a deficiency of wisdom in your mind. It says if you lack wisdom, what do you do? Ask God who gives to all men liberally and does not upbraid them, right? Where does he give that wisdom in? In your spirit. And what does your spirit do? Feed your mind. Glory. The the Bible says that the heart of man will feed his mouth. Well, the heart throughout the Scripture is used interchangeably with the Spirit. And so when you don't know what to do, your Spirit will tell you what to do if you're living out of your Spirit. But if you're, if you're conditioned to live out of your mind, you're limited. And when you can't figure it out, you can't figure it out. But think about that. When you say, I can't figure it out, which I you talking about? Because if you're talking about your body, you're not talking about you. It's your spirit. Hmm. See, that's, that's why you got to let God take some of these things out. God said, Jesus said this. He said, every plant that is in you that my father didn't plant, he'll pull it up. You got to let him pull it up. There are things in people's lives that God didn't put there. There are ideas and mindsets that God didn't put there. And they've got to let the Father pull them up, jerk them out of there. Why? So they can live by their spirit. I mean, why, why do we limit ourselves? How many times have you heard ministers preach and they'll say, well, and they'll go to that scripture where Jesus said very plainly, he said, the works that I do you shall do and greater than these shall you do because I go to my Father. And then they'll spend 10 minutes qualifying that. Well, this is what Jesus meant. Meant what he meant. He said what he said and meant what he meant. He said, these works you'll do and greater than these you will do because I go to the Father. How did Jesus do his works? Out of his spirit. How are we going to do the same works? Out of our spirit. Glory be to God. Amen. So the life of God in his spirit empowered his mind, strengthened his body. Adam named over 500,000 different creatures. And he had a perfect body. 
So this life of God within man was predicated upon one principle, man's obedience. Look, look at Genesis chapter 2. Let me check my time. My Lord, where'd it go? Somebody sped my clock up. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord took the man, put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. The Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat thereof you will die. Is that right? So a man had a job to protect and grow the garden. He was also given a command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is the dispensation of innocence. All right, this, this is with no knowledge of good and evil. But in, in this dispensation of innocence, man had to have a choice. God could not just put him there and not give him an opportunity to make a choice. Oh, hallelujah. Because you got, why? You got to choose to live out of your spirit. You got to choose to live after, out of the God part. Our, amen. Remember? Now, now think about this for a moment. He never said, don't eat of the tree of life. He said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could have ate of the tree of life after they sinned. Yeah, because what did God say? He said, no, we got to put man out of the garden lest they take their hand and partake of the tree of life and live forever in a cursed state. What did God want them to do? Partake of the tree of life, reject the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and partake of the tree of life and live forever in that uncursed state. And every generation that came along, God wanted them to take them to that tree and say, don't partake of this tree. God told us not to partake of this tree. Now, in, in our mindset, we think, well, why? It, because. You partake of it and you'll die. Who cares what the fruit was? Who cares if it was an apple or a banana or a pear? People say, what was the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Death. That was the fruit. Death. Big old ugly death. We have death today because Adam didn't live out of his spirit. Amen. Glory. That's why the Bible says the spirit is life. Am I helping anybody? So he was told the day you eat of the tree, you'll die. Dying, you shall die, is how it's rendered. You'll die spiritually, then you'll die physically. And, and think about his body. It was so perfectly made, it took over 900 years to die. But, but why did that perfect body die? Because he died spiritually. Hmm. Eating of the tree would result in separation from God through disobedience, which in turn would cause spiritual death because of separation from the source of the life in their spirit. And that would result in diminished mental capacity and ultimately death from aging. Mm. Man had to be presented with a choice. Amen. Now, we're Genesis chapter 3. I'm, I'm going to hurry here. The serpent was more subtle or more cunning, all right, than any beast of the field that the Lord had made. Now, stop right there and let me ask you a question. According to Psalm, we read it in the book of Psalms. We read it in the book of Genesis. How many creatures did Adam have dominion over? All of them. 
Would that be the cunning ones? Why do people talk to us as spiritual beings? Why do they preach to us and talk to us about what a threat the devil is? When as a man alive unto God or a woman alive unto God, as the case may be, you've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. Hello? The, the, the devil, you are no match for the devil in your mind. But you're more than a match for him in your spirit. And that's why you got to live out of the spirit. I said, that's why you got to live out of the spirit. So he was cunning. Well, he is cunning. Right? This, this is, depending on who you believe and depending on which theological bent you have, this is nearly 6,500 years ago right here. And he was cunning 6,500 years ago. So the devil, if you believe it on that range, he's been dealing with mankind for 6,500 years. He knows something about people. He knows nothing of the Spirit of God. When you pray out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit, he's frustrated. His plans are frustrated. He knows nothing about the Spirit of God. Nothing. Amen. God's dealing with you about things in your future, in your spirit right now. And the devil has no concept of what God has in store for you. It's just going to show up and he's going to go, how'd that happen? I wasn't even aware that was good. He, he did not even know that Jesus dying was the linchpin to everything God wanted to do. He had no idea that moving those people to kill Jesus and put him on the cross was undoing everything that he had worked all those thousands of years to get into the earth. It was his destruction and he aided Jesus in doing it. Glory. And, and, and how did God do that all through the years? Dealt with man's spirit. Had people prophesying it. Amen. Speaking it. What, why, why was that so important? Man had to speak it. Man was the one with dominion and authority. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, amen. Now, the, better watch out for the devil. The devil's no match for a man living out of his spirit. I, I didn't say he won't confront you or that he won't try to make things hard, but he's no match. Let me, let me, let me hurry a little bit. <laughs> you, you know the story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the part I want to get to. Uh, verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and we could say, and she saw it was pleasant to the eyes. And she saw that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. After she saw all those things, she took of the fruit thereof and ate and gave unto her husband, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they saw that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. She saw. Have you ever thought about this? God knew what was going on in the garden. He knew the devil, the, the, the devil through the serpent was doing this. And he did not step in to stop it. God will not make you live out of your spirit. And there, there are things that God expects you to live out of your spirit concerning. 
Because hear me, there are things God can't do if I don't live the way he wants me to live. And I'm not just talking about living above sin. If I don't choose to live out of my spirit, there's things God can't do. There's wisdom and knowledge and understanding God cannot get to me if I don't choose to live out of my spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, an, an easy preaching point here is Adam should have stepped up and booted the, the serpent out of the garden. Well, sure, he should have. But listen, why didn't he? They started living out of their mind. Now, think about this. Adam's never known anything but the presence of God. He didn't have the same problems that we have. Right? You were born into an earth with the curse on it. Your body was born into a cursed earth. You were born spiritually dead. You were born doomed. God, God had to open your eyes. Adam was born with his eyes open. And he chose to shut them and live out of his head. Because notice, it was everything she could see. She saw that it was good for food. She saw that it was a tree to be desired. She saw that it was something that would make you wise. She saw that. All of these combined caused them to reason that this tree couldn't be all that bad. It, listen, if you read it, uh, verse 6, when the woman saw. So at some point, his words are making her look at that tree like she's never looked at it before. So evidently, she never saw that the tree was good or saw that the tree was pleasant. Why? They were living out of their spirit, staying away from it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? I've had people ask me, they'll ask me certain things. Pastor, you got a problem going to rated R movies? Well, Lord, no. I live out of my spirit. I don't even think about it. I don't even go to the movies very often. I can't tell you the last time I went to a movie. I'm not telling you you're wrong if you go. I'm just saying. There are things I just don't care about anymore. Why well, I'm living out of my spirit. I don't ever get in my vehicle and turn over to the country music station. Now, if you like country music, that's your business. But I have no desire for it. Why? I'm happily married. Why do I want to sing about all my exes live in Texas? Right? Because think about that. Think, I know it can sound funny. What does that do? That starts my mind. You'll start thinking about your exes. Right? And, and we all got them. Right? Why do you want to think about them? You was dead in sin. Biggest mistake of your life. Driving down the road thinking, hey, shut up, you better stop. Because you're not living out of your spirit. The one that you have now, the one that God's giving you, the one that God's bringing you, that, that is who you want to keep your focus on. And you only do that by living out of your spirit. I think this works 
in every aspect. People say, well, you know, I just started noticing that woman or I just started noticing that man. Yeah, you started looking at something God told you not to look at. Amen. The Bible says you rejoice with the wife of your youth. You rejoice with them. It, it doesn't mean when she's young. After 60 years of marriage, you're still rejoicing with the wife of your youth. Why? I'm living out of my spirit. Living out of my spirit. That's the one God gave me. Can't be no better. There is nobody better. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you do if somebody flits your eyes at you? You flit your eyes at me, I'll cast the devil out of you. Amen. Time to go. You got to go. I had a lady come up one time, and I was praying for folks. And she came up for me to pray. And, 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 and I said, how can I pray for you? And she said, well, I had a dream. I said, okay. She said, I had a dream that Pastor Michelle died, and me and you got married. You say, what happened? My wife was standing right here, and I just stepped back. And my, my wife handled that. Amen. Y'all know Ron Poole? Ron's mother goes to our church, has went for 25 years, Kathleen Moomaw. She turned to Pastor Cat and said, would you take her out? Cat grabbed her and just took her right out. Took her out the door. I mean, listen, what, what I'm trying to say, when you're living out of your spirit, you're not thinking that way. There is nobody better for you. There is no better husband, better wife. Amen. I mean, you get another one, they won't like you. They just don't know you. Amen. Amen. Oh, I could say a lot there, but I'm going to move on because i got to get done. So notice, spiritual death was the loss of authority and physical death. And think about that. Now, I'm not getting in this. This will be another message. When you got born again, the reverse occurred. Spiritual life, the restoration of authority... And the restoration of my physical body in eternity. Glory. So we were created through a partnership. Fathers of the flesh and the father of spirits. Remember what it says in, in, in Hebrews 12? It says, it says that, that if we respected our fathers of the flesh, we should have respect to the father of spirits and live. Every person is born with a spirit that comes from God. But all creation was made subject to sin. It's what Romans chapter 8 verse 20 says. The creation was made subject to vanity. So when we were born, we were born subject to the fall. But we received our spirits from God. See, God is so smart. He gave you a spirit. <laughs> that could be created in the image of God. Notice, notice John chapter uh, 1, verse 1. I'm almost done. John chapter 1. There's so much here. Bible has a lot to say about this. And we're just going to find out how much. Gen uh, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
Look at verse 9. That was the true light that lighteth every man that comes into the world. So Jesus is the light that lights every man. We did not come into the world when we were born. We were here a long time before we were born. Our earth suit wasn't ready. See, because you're a spirit. You've always existed. God's not making spirits anymore. They're already there. What happened? The spirit showed up at conception. It was a partnership. I was conceived naturally, and my spirit showed up. Why is that? No reason for a spirit to be there if there was no body to inhabit. Are you following me? If God gave the spirit, and did he? If God gave the spirit, it's not a perverted, wicked, sinful spirit. It's placed in a body that has the curse on it. And it will die. We all grow up, and we all make the same choice Adam did. We all sinned. In Adam, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 22, all die. All die. Is that right? See, that, that, that's why you got to be careful with your, your children and your grandchildren. Don't, don't buy into this whole, and, and if I say this, I might kick over a religious cow, so just bear with me. We got it out of the way, okay. You know, you'll hear people talk about the age of accountability. Show me that in the Bible. Show me the age of accountability in the Bible. Well, you know, the child's okay till the age of accountability. What is it? What is the age of accountability? Well, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, what about people that got born again when they were three? Bob Yandian got born again when he was three years old. Been saved ever since he was three. Never lived for the world. What about me? I got saved when I was eight years old. I made mistakes. Didn't, didn't always do exactly right. But here, here's my point. People talk about the age of accountability. And so what they do is they start trying to train their children to live after their spirit after they're already struggling. Mm. See, because they got to make choices. I, 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 I set Liliana down and I said, here, Lily, you are a spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And I said, you remember when you got filled with the Holy Spirit in Baby Faith Builders, Miss Gloria led you and you got filled with the Spirit and spoken tongues. She said, yes, I remember that. I said, whatever you face, when you hit an area that you don't know what to do, you stop and you pray in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do. Got to train them. Got to train them. Amen. Kids understand more than we think they understand. Very often, kids are so much more spiritually sensitive than adults are. But here's my point. <laughs> That's why I like, if I wasn't a lead pastor, I'd be a kid's pastor. That's what I'd be. Amen. But in any event, it's placed in a body that has a curse on it. We all grow up, make the same decision, same choice Adam did. Because of this, after salvation, we have to be trained. 
And what do we have to be trained? We have to be trained to live out of our spirit. Too, too many people get born again, and then they're just left to try to figure it out. They have to be trained to live out of their spirit. For instance, I, you, got, you got just a moment? It's, it's five after. Will you give me five minutes? I, I, ha, I had a person one time that was, uh, that was uh, on leadership. And they were dealing with another person that was in leadership. And I had an event going on. And I wanted it done a certain way. And so uh, that one person was doing something uh, in an area. And this other leader was over there. And, and this leader that was doing this in the area, he said, Pastor wants all the other leaders to, to be seated, right? Because he, he wants this done. Well, this person was upset. And, and, and uh, the, the, the leader that was telling him this uh, the, the, the man kept being kind of pushy, and the, man, and the man just put up his hands, and he said, look, pastor wants everybody else to sit over here. And the man goes, oh, you better not put your hands on me. Now, this, this is a person that wants to preach, wants to teach. They need to be trained. I, I'm going to say this, and you do whatever you want to. If you're living out of your spirit, you're not going around threatening to whoop folks. Amen. You're not going around struggling with a lot of things that people struggle with. You're not ugly to people. Because we're living out of our spirit. We've got to be trained. How, how are we going to take a city by living out of our spirit? How are we going to reach what we need to reach? By living out of our spirit. Say it out loud. I am a spirit. I possess a soul. And I live in a body. I am a spirit. I possess a soul. And I live in a body. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Oh, the Lord's good to us. Amen. Oh, praise God.